This is The Guardian. A quick heads up. Today's episode discusses issues like abortion and sexual assault. If any of this affects you, I'll be mentioning some support services at the end of the interview and on the Full Story website that could help. But for now, please listen with care. I'm Jane Lee, coming to you from Wurundjeri land, and this is The Full Story. In Australia, doctors can refuse to perform an abortion if it goes against their beliefs and moral concerns. It's called conscientious objection. But what happens when those beliefs are imposed on patients and doctors by major public hospitals? I think Australia prides itself on its universal healthcare. But what this issue really raises is the question of whether we can even call it that if women are being denied basic services at public hospitals. Today, science writer Donna Liu on the Catholic hospitals opting out of reproductive health care. It's Tuesday, 29th of August. Tired of ads barging into your favourite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Okay, so I live in Melbourne and I'm currently an allied health professional who has worked in mental health for over 10 years. I spoke to a woman, we'll call her Jennifer. So it had all kicked off pretty positively. Got pregnant in August 2019 um, and then went to my GP as you do and she said, look, you got the choice between the Mercy Hospital for Women or the Royal Women's. And I went with the Mercy. But I don't remember her ever mentioning anything about the difference about the Mercy being a Catholic hospital. So I went for the 12-week ultrasound at a private clinic. And at that time, they detected a severe abnormality in the baby, which I already knew was a girl. So I'd already gotten a bit excited about having a daughter. Um, and went in for the ultrasound and they said, look, we've detected this genetic issue and essentially you could choose to bring the baby to term and give birth to her, but if you do, she'll be placed into palliative care immediately. So we're recommending that you strongly consider a medical termination. And I was pretty clear in deciding immediately then that I didn't want to continue the pregnancy. It just felt ethically and morally cruel to bring a baby into the world knowing that it would um, not survive. Donna, you've been looking at a number of publicly funded Catholic hospitals which don't provide some forms of reproductive health care to women. What kinds of procedures are we talking about? 
So they fall under the categories of termination of pregnancy and birth control, and these cover a range of circumstances and types of procedures. For example, the morning after pill, which is a form of emergency contraception, or getting your tubes tied after a C-section, which is a permanent form of contraception. These are all procedures that are considered basic forms of reproductive health care in the rest of the public health system. They're very common and often essential to avoid things like unwanted pregnancies or women having to carry babies to term when they already know that the the fetus has a serious anomaly, which means it won't survive after birth. Um, But I've spoken to numerous doctors and family planning advocates who say that these are denied to patients at some public Catholic hospitals as a matter of policy. Why aren't they offering these services just the same way that other public hospitals would? Many of these public hospitals are affiliated with the Catholic Church, which is against abortion and contraception. Catholic Health Australia represents uh, many Catholic hospitals uh, and healthcare sponsors around the country. And despite public funding, doctors at these hospitals are bound by Catholic Health Australia's Code of Ethics, which prohibits birth control, IVF and abortions, even after rape. Many doctors and healthcare advocates are appalled that this is able to happen in the public system and believe that it should be a requirement for all hospitals receiving public funding to provide the full suite of reproductive health services. Unfortunately, despite people being appalled by this, it is completely legal and this continues to happen all across the country. So it might have been a few days later, I got a call from a genetic counsellor at the Mercy. She said, look, we can refer you for a termination, but it won't be at the Mercy due to it being a Catholic hospital and it's going to be a five-week wait. I was already about 12 weeks pregnant and was terrified of hitting that period where then you can't actually terminate a baby anymore. So I just was really wanting this over and done with as soon as possible. And look, I was raised Catholic, so, you know, I know their stance on these things. I'm not Catholic now. Um, But I guess when you think it's a public hospital, there's that sense that, well, public hospitals care for you regardless of the condition that you're in. So it hadn't really crossed my mind that that barrier would apply to me. Five weeks is a pretty long time to have to wait. It was so hard, you know, because you're still pregnant and... I had this thought I won't do anything or eat anything that could jeopardise the baby while knowing that this baby's going to die anyway. So it was a really, um, yeah, it was a torturous wait, that five weeks. Um, And yeah, I felt a little bit kind of on my own with that and a little bit dismissed by the hospital too. Can you describe to me what particularly those last five weeks before your termination felt like? Well, the thing I remember being most worried about was feeling the baby kick. And I was just terrified of that uh, real visceral sense that there's a living thing inside of me because I'd been really sick in that pregnancy. I'd been vomiting almost every day. I'd been on medication for the vomiting. So I still had a lot of those symptoms and then you I still wasn't going to have this baby. So it just made it a lot harder in terms of getting up, vomiting, going to work, trying to do your job. Uh, no one at work knew that I was pregnant. So you're trying to hide this pregnancy put on this brave face, no, you're not going to have it, Um, really tough. How can you tell if you're going to a hospital that prohibits abortion care? Can you choose not to go to one of those hospitals? 
The options can unfortunately be limited because women who give birth in the public system are usually assigned to a hospital according to where they live. So you could live in the catchment area for a Catholic public hospital. And this can create something of a postcode lottery because many hospitals won't treat patients outside of their catchment area. This often means that people may need to be referred to other health services for procedures, sometimes with long delays to care. The other alternative is going through the private health system where there are obviously significant financial barriers. Donna, we've been hearing about Jennifer's experience at the Mercy. How many other public hospitals follow Catholic Health Australia's code of ethics? There are 15 public Catholic hospitals in Australia, at least five of which provide specialist maternity and gynaecology care. And all of these five hospitals are members of Catholic Health Australia, which includes the Mater Hospital in Brisbane, St John of God Midland in Perth and the Mercy Hospital for Women in Melbourne. And the clinicians at these member hospitals will refer to Catholic Health Australia's code of ethics when making decisions about how to care for their patients. That means there is different reproductive healthcare treatment in the public hospital system depending on where you go. So how does Catholic Health Australia justify this disparity that it's creating within the public health system? Well, they would argue that their code doesn't deny women healthcare that is needed. When I asked them about this, they said in a statement that their member hospitals are dedicated to making sure every woman that enters their doors, quote, receives the care that she needs. Mm. You see, Catholic Health Australia doesn't view abortions and birth control as basic reproductive health care like the rest of the public health system. Their code of ethics explicitly describes abortions as, quote, morally wrong. They did say in their statement that their member hospitals respect a woman's right to make medical decisions, quote, with her own conscience, and that they support women doing this by providing pastoral care and counselling. They also said that there are a couple of exceptions in their code of ethics. So a doctor would be able to perform an abortion on a woman if they believed it was necessary because continuing a pregnancy would pose a serious threat to the mother's health or life. Mm. The code would also support doctors who want to prescribe contraception if it is, quote, necessary for medical reasons. So in that sense, Catholic member hospitals will provide these services, but only in these limited cases where they think it is absolutely necessary. So we've heard what it was like for Jennifer. She wasn't one of those limited cases and she had to find another hospital to terminate her pregnancy. What does that experience look like for other women who've been turned away because of this code of ethics? Well, experiencing restricted access to basic reproductive healthcare services is really stressful and the onus often falls to the patient to find an alternative. So say, for example, a woman with a wanted pregnancy, they may get great care initially at a Catholic public hospital and then find out that their fetus has an anomaly that is incompatible with life. Anencephaly, for example, where parts of the brain and skull are missing. And then they're essentially told, if you choose to terminate, you'll have to have that procedure elsewhere. And that's really stressful because in some states, after a certain time limit, there are more hoops to jump through to be able to get an abortion legally. And it also might take a long time to find another hospital 
hospital or clinic that is willing or available to do the procedure. If someone is delivering a baby via C-section and has had multiple kids already, if they want to get their tubes tied, they usually have that request denied. So what that means is if someone really wants this procedure done to have permanent contraception, they will require a second surgery, a second general anesthetic at a second hospital, which is not only inconvenient because, you know, they've just had a newborn, um, but also we know that general anesthetic um, has health risks involved. So it, it unnecessarily complicates things for these women. And if they live in a rural area or don't speak English, these kinds of challenges can accumulate even more because it's that much harder to get the help that's needed. So while a woman's life might not be immediately at risk, you can still see how not providing an abortion or birth control can have really severe consequences on a woman's mental health and well-being. So what if a woman wants contraception or an abortion after they've been sexually assaulted? I know you mentioned earlier that the Code of Ethics doesn't actually make special exceptions for people who've been raped. Well, One senior gynaecologist in Melbourne told me that sexual assault does not get comprehensively treated at the Mercy Hospital for Women because they can't provide morning after contraception. Mm. So that might mean that a woman who presents at the Mercy may have to go to the neighbouring Austin Hospital to get that contraception. When I asked the Mercy Hospital about this, a spokesperson said that patients present to the Mercy with a range of issues, including sexual assault, and that their clinicians, they have, quote, established partnership arrangements with other public health services to ensure patients receive the comprehensive care they need. But I guess the the fact of being turned away and having to seek treatment elsewhere can be really distressing for people. Uh, Dale Kelleher, for example, who is the chief exec at Children by Choice, a family planning organisation, she told me that the organisation had heard of people with attempted self-abortion and suicidality being turned away from the Martyr Hospital in Brisbane. So it can be a really dire, distressing situation for people. When I asked the martyr about this, they referred me to the statement um, from Catholic Health Australia, which I mentioned earlier. Next, how doctors are navigating Catholic Health Australia's code of ethics. Finding your perfect home was hard, but thanks to Burrow, furnishing it has never been easier. Burrow's easy-to-assemble modular sofas and sectionals are made from premium, durable materials, including stain and scratch-resistant fabrics. So they're not just comfortable and stylish, they're built to last. Plus, every single Burrow order ships free right to your door. Right now, get 15% off your first order at burrow.com ACAST. That's 15% off at burrow.com ACAST. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. It sounds like the code discourages a number of procedures related to women. Does it also affect men? 
So the code specifically is against things that, quote, deprive the marital act of its procreative potential. Um, So there are certain procedures that do apply to men. For example, vasectomies are prohibited and also sperm donation is discouraged. So there are situations in which this also affects men, um, but, but obviously the examples here are far more limited. So does this happen in other countries as well or is it unique to Australian Catholic public hospitals? We know it's not just unique to Australia. This is also an issue in the US, for example, where about one in seven hospital beds is run by Catholic systems. Mm. It is confronting, however, for, for overseas doctors when they come to Australia. My colleague Melissa Davey spoke to someone who moved from Scotland, uh, Dr Katrina Melville, who is now the Deputy Medical Director of MSI Australia, and she found it shocking when she first moved from Scotland to Australia. She said it was an alien concept to her to have religion involved in healthcare, which should be an evidence-based public provision. What about the doctors at these Catholic hospitals whose personal views don't necessarily align with the hospital's policy and code of ethics? Can they do anything about that? Well, healthcare workers who want to provide the full breadth of reproductive services are in a bit of a bind. You know, many have developed workarounds at their own discretion. Because they're not allowed to prescribe contraception for contraception's sake, they'll obfuscate the real reason they're prescribing something. I spoke to doctors who have worked at the Mater Hospital in Brisbane who will say, for example, that they're prescribing a marina IUD not for birth control but for heavy menstrual bleeding or that they're giving the oral contraceptive pill for acne. When I asked the Mater about this, they referred me to the statement from Catholic Health Australia, which I mentioned earlier. Children by Choice, for example, they run a counselling service across Queensland and their counsellors have actually helped people change their residential address and forms so that they're able to get access to a different public hospital. Obviously, the downside there is that these other hospitals have to take on a greater number of patients. But, you know, ultimately the system runs the way it runs and there's only so much that people can do to get around that. Mm. And often when people want to advocate for change, they find it really difficult to do so. So, for example, in Jennifer's case, months after the Mercy Hospital said they wouldn't terminate her pregnancy, she filed a complaint about this to try and encourage them to help rethink their policy. So it would have been maybe approximately like a month later that I received a phone call. Her initial sort of comments to me, well, well, look, you know, we're a Catholic hospital. We've received your complaint. Nothing we can do. We're not going to take any action on it. Um, so I'm just calling to let you know. <laughs> and I was like, oh, OK, look, I was raised Catholic, so I understand the church's teachings on termination. This is a sensitive issue. And she said, oh, well, great. Well, then you know exactly how our hands are tied. So, you know, there you go. And I was like, well, look, hang on. While I can appreciate and understand that you're bound by the church and their views on terminations, I guess I sort of held hope that by listening to my story and other people's stories, that maybe some advocacy could occur on behalf of all these patients that you're seeing. And her response was, well, no, that's just not going to happen. <laughs> so that left me a little bit shocked um, and a bit disheartened and really invalidated and frustrated.
Do we know if the federal government is looking to change this so that all publicly funded hospitals provide full reproductive health care, including abortions? It's looking very unlikely that the government is going to change things, unfortunately. In 2019, Labor did have the position of mandating abortion care as a condition of receiving public funding, but they have now ruled that out. There was a Senate inquiry uh, earlier this year into reproductive healthcare services, and that inquiry's recommendation was that public hospitals be equipped to provide surgical pregnancy terminations. Um, but that's very different to requiring a hospital actually provide that abortion care. Right. And the inquiry's chair, Green Senator Larissa Waters, was really critical about this because she believes that abortion care is basic healthcare. There have been attempts in the states to try and change things, but unfortunately nothing has been successful so far. So last year in Victoria, the then independent MP Fiona Patton tried to introduce a bill that would prevent public hospitals from refusing medical procedures on a religious basis, but this didn't pass. If religious organisations are able to limit the kinds of healthcare that women are provided in Australia, what does that say about our public health system? Well, I think Australia prides itself on its universal healthcare, but what this issue really raises is the question of whether we can even call it that if women are being denied basic services at public hospitals. And, you know, I, people are completely entitled to their own religious beliefs. That's why individuals have a right to conscientious objection. But when we're talking about entire institutions that are publicly funded by taxpayer dollars, I think that is, is a totally different issue. And, you know, there will always be women who need these services, even if a chunk of the healthcare system will not, on religious grounds, provide them. In fact, that lack of provision, all that leads to is, you know, more complicated or distressing care for people um, and not better quality of care either. One of the first things that doctors are taught in medical school is do no harm. Mm. And unfortunately, I think what this issue highlights is that in certain cases, there is real harm done because religious rights are overriding the priority of the patient. The individual staff there that I met were so fantastic and obviously they care about women and want to treat them appropriately. It was more, I guess, an institutional systemic kind of structural problem that was the alienating and stressful part of this experience. I guess perhaps due to the stigma of um, terminations and miscarriages, maybe we aren't talking enough about it and so people aren't fully aware of some of those limitations of Catholic hospitals for pregnant women. I guess until you have a lived experience of it, you wouldn't necessarily know this could happen to you. That was Jennifer and Donna Liu, who's a science writer for Guardian Australia. If this episode has affected you in any way, please remember you can contact Lifeline for support 24 hours a day on 13 11 14. Full Story asked Mercy Health about Jennifer's experience there, but they declined to comment specifically on her case for privacy reasons. A spokesman said in a statement that when they don't offer specific procedures, quote, we are committed to supporting a compassionate and timely pathway for the patient. You can find Mercy Health's full statement on the Full Story website. And if you want to find out more about this issue, we'll also post a link to Donna's feature article on this, which she wrote with our colleague, Melissa Davey. It's called, I was shocked. Catholic-run public hospitals refused to provide birth control and abortion. 
That's it for today. This episode was produced by Alison Chan, sound design and mixing by Daniel Simo. Our theme music was composed by Joe Koning and the executive producer was Hannah Parks. And if you like this episode, don't forget to subscribe or follow Full Story wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also leave a review. I'm Jane Lee. Catch you next time. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.